In the Lab, a Texans podcast that takes a different look at things. Drew Doherty and John Harris have their lab coats and goggles on and the Bunsen burners burning. Here's Drew. All right. It's time to go in the lab. That's our cool new intro. I am Drew. And this is John Harris across from me. How are you, John? What's up, Drew? What's up, Potna? Nothing much, Potna. Training camp is upon us. It is. First practice is Thursday. And externally, there's a lot of questions about this team. I understand why there are some questions. Some of them I kind of scoff at. But internally, me, talking about myself, I have never been this optimistic about a Texans offense. I'm very optimistic on the whole about this team. Yep. But I've never been this optimistic about a Texans offense, and that's because of many, many components. Mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson, his continued growth, uh, the addition of Carl Smith as quarterback's coach and right. the ideas he can he can help Deshaun with, the weapons and their health. Now, DeAndre Hopkins, he's on the PUP right now, right. but he'll be out there week one. Will Fuller, looks like, knock on wood, he's going to be out there week one. Kiki QT had a great spring. Vincent Smith has a solid spring. He's your yep. fourth receiver. Yeah. And then the tight expert. ends. Yeah. Um, I'm very, very, very excited about this offense. And it got me thinking, when have I been this excited about a Texans team heading into training camp? And it's got to be 2012 was the last time I was this excited. And really, 2013 as well, even though yep. 2013 turned into a flaming pile of you-know-what. <laughs> yeah. We were pretty pumped because, man uh, – they just had that. They just kind of ran out of gas at the end. They had their struggles against the the Patriots, but hey, they got Ed Reed, and I'm excited. When were you this excited and this optimistic about a Texans team heading into camp? Well, that's a great question. Uh, I, you know, when I'll, I'll handle the offensive part first. I remember, I believe it was '09. It was my third training camp, and I remember watching the offense '09, especially the passing game. And I remember just watching. I remember Schaub one day. I was like, "You're talking about this heading into '09, like this time heading into the yeah, yeah, like '09 training camp. Yeah, like as a '09 training camp is going on, I remember watching, and I'm like, Schaub isn't missing. Like he's moving this offense. I mean, one rep after the next, it's clockwork. So after '09 offensively I felt like man 2010 because I remember in the spring of 2010 seeing Arian Foster for the first time like as a not not the first time but I remember seeing him wear 23 for the first time and I remember there was a lot of debate that offseason about who's gonna be the running back oh they didn't draft any running backs in 09 but they drafted Ben Tate in 2010 and there's the thought also that Steve Slayton was going to return right. for him. He was going to return. He had like 14 fumbles so, in 09. Because he was dealing with a neck issue, and it, it, there was a lot of things going on. And Slayton was great in 08. Arian was really good the last two games of 09, but there was not that feeling of him just reaching up and snatching that position. No. But I remember watching him in the spring of 2010 thinking, oh, boy, this guy's going to be – he's going to be all kinds of good. And not only that – he's going to be all kinds of good with this passing game that can just light it up on anybody. And so going into 2010, I was I was really excited because I thought the offense was going to be phenomenal. And then the game one against the Colts, it was. It was phenomenal. Arian ran for, you know, a couple bills. I can't remember, 241 or whatever it was. Yeah. He was just incredible. That, he was incredible that day. And I felt like, wow, that was confirmation of what 
I had seen at training camp. So going into 2010, I was really excited about the offense. But I remember watching the offense at training camp in 2010 thinking, man, the offense is either really, really, really good or the defense is going to get sliced up. And it was a combination. You were right about both. It was both. Both happened. Both happened. At one point in 2010, the Texans' pass defense was the worst since the NFL-AFL merger. It might have been at the end of the season, but as far as passing yards allowed, I mean, they got roasted. And roasted by the likes of Seji Ajira Tutu. (laughs) And you're like, what did you say? That's exactly. A guy guy named Seji Ajira Tutu. Chargers. Had a a monstrous day, and Mm -hmm. he should not have had a monstrous day, but he did against that defense. Yeah. And And you saw that on a week-in, week-out basis. And the thing about it was. Deji Kareem. The thing about it, that 2010 season, was all those games were very winnable. Uh-huh. We're all winnable because the offense could do anything really it wanted to. It was, you know, that zone game was just working with Arian. I mean, it was phenomenal. But I was pretty excited. I felt like 2012, coming off 2011, because that was the year where, you know, that offseason was like, if we had that shop, if we had that shop. And it was no knock on TJ. It was that shop had had, he had had those pelts on the wall. He had been there. And, and you thought, man, if you can get in that same position again in 2012, what can you do? So 2012 to me was was the exciting one. Going into 2013, I know a lot of people were excited. I was one that was – I wasn't. And part of it was because I worried about Schaub at the end of 2012. And I thought there would be some carryover from 2012. The struggles Boy, was there ever. The struggles against the Patriots. I remember this distinctly, and I, and I, I felt kind of – bad at the time but then I was like I you know I wasn't in the building so I was just kind of firing and so Ron Jaworski was working at ESPN at the time he was doing Monday Night Football and he did his quarterback rankings and he was counting down a quarterback every day and every day it was you know, he's counting it down no shop no shop no shop he got to the top 10 number 10 no shop I'm like he's got Matt Schaub in the top 10 and I'm telling you it's if there's going to be a problem, I think I think Shop could be a problem. Watch him at the end of 2012; he was not great. He was not, and so I was a little bit skeptical of 2013. Then they start off with two wins, and they weren't great wins. But it's like, hey, you got two wins, okay? Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. And then the bottom just fell out. Well, and, and the bottom fell for a lot of reasons, and not the- just Matt Shop. But I wasn't as excited about 2013 as I was about 2012. I thought 2012 was going to be the year, and we're, it turned out not to be. We're going to talk about this in a bonus in the lab podcast the next week, but you know, people talk about the, the bottom falling out with Schaub, and it did in 2013. Yep. But it started, like you're saying, at the end of 2012. Yeah. And I'm not just saying in December. You got you can go back to the Thanksgiving Day game, because we're going to talk about that Thanksgiving yeah, Day Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big win. There, And it was a big win, but there were two just massive blunders. Yeah. Massive blunders by the Detroit Lions secondary. I mean, Schaub threw up a pass that you could have waved a fair catch under, and this <laughs> yeah. guy dropped it, and yeah. it was so it was starting to creep in there because that they should have closed the door on the Texans in that game, and they yeah. didn't. And that's what that's kind of what bad teams do, but they didn't play bad teams in New England, right? You know, and the, and the good right. teams took advantage of that. And it's like you said, he he started there, I think, at the end of 2012, and I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was arm strength. It was between the ears, a combo of everything, but it started then, and. He got away with it in those first two games right. of 2013. Um, and didn't play exceedingly well in his, those games. His first pass of 2013 was a pick. Yeah. I mean, in his, his own end of the field, next play on offense by the Chargers, they score a touchdown. Right. 
it was essentially a pick six. Right. And, you know, his last pass of that season, when he was, the Texans were going to lose their 14th game. Last pass of the season was picked off, too. Hey, but John, before we get any further, you like movies, right? I do. I love movies. Love movies. You and I, we trade movie quotes sometimes. We trade movie gifts sometimes. Our good friends at Redbox want to remind you that post-game entertainment starts with Redbox. They got the newest movies, fresh from the theater. That's the key. Fresh from the theater, and it all starts at just $1.75 a night. And for just $3 a night, try the hottest video games for PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. So go to the box at your favorite retailers or stream new movies instantly on demand. That's the key. It's not just old hardcore DVDs. It's new movies on demand. Get together with family, friends, the crew to make it a movie night. Make tonight a Redbox night, John Harris, and the rest of you listening here to In the Lab. Yeah, it that was a oh gosh, two, 2013 was such a rough year. But I, I and and I don't mean that as being like, oh, I looked at a crystal ball and I saw it. It's just you could see it on the field. And and I went back to that Patriots game, the first Patriots game when it really when it really stood out to me because there were a couple throws in that game where I'm like, boy, he should have seen that. Yeah. He should have seen that. He should have known that was there. The interception in the end zone and I think it was in the first half of that game. I thought, man, he that shouldn't be a throw that he makes. And I just remember wa- going back and watching that throw closely and like, you know, there's not as much zip. And then, you know, come to find out in 2013 that he did, you know, he had, he had lost some RPMs on the fastball. And it wasn't as if Matt had a lot of fastball to begin with. But he had a strong arm. But he had a he had a he had a he had a he had an average to above average arm. So, at throws he could make. He wasn't yeah. sitting there with a pop gun arm, but he obviously didn't have a Ryan Mallett howitzer either, but you could tell that the velocity, the RPMs were off late in 12 and going on in 13. I just hoped in 13 it was not going to be an issue and it turned out to be a major issue. But 2012 was the year where I felt like, oh, boy, okay. All right, let's, let's circle it back around. Am I am I off base here? Should I be this optimistic? Because, I mean, I know the offensive line has to get better, but I, I still think with these weapons, man, like I think the Texans are capable – of a hell of a lot. Well, let's go. Let's let's tie the conversations together. Why? Why was I so excited about 2012 in particular offensively? First of all, you were getting Shaw back, a guy that had started since 2007, and he obviously seven and eight he had been banged up, but he was a Pro Bowler in nine and ten, and eleven he had been banged up. But you know, look, that's because Albert Hainsworth fell on his foot. That wasn't because you know he's not injury prone. You know, he'd be back in 2012, he'd be fine. But it's a guy that started for. Uh, six years. You had an offensive line up front for the most part in 2012 that had been together. These guys have been together uh, for the most part in 2012. Um, you know, wide receivers. You know, Dre was still here. Kevin Walter was still here. You know, you had continuity. I think that's the one thing that this offense has not really had the last few years. I mean, if you think about you think about last year, you know, with the offensive line, there was a time, there was a time where all five guys were either in their first year, first full year as a starter, or their first full year with the Texans yeah, on the offensive line. And, yeah, you might start some rookies this year, and that might be the case, but not across the board. You're not going to have all five guys that are new to the Texans. I, I, mean, I wouldn't think. I mean, maybe I'm wrong in that. But let's say you start Nick Martin at center. I mean, he's his fourth year here, his third year as a starter. So you've got some experience. It's going to be the same quarterback-center combination that you've had that started last year, which is the first time that's happened since the shop Chris Myers days. That's a ways back. So you have you have continuity to go with some of the better athletes that are in this league. You talk about Will Fuller and four three speed. I mean legit four three speed. DeAndre Hopkins, best receiver in the league. So 
those guys have been there. Will's fourth year. DeAndre's, what, seventh year? I think it's right. 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, seventh year. And your young guy who's going to contribute is Kiki QT. And what right. was he doing in the spring? He was lining everybody right. up, telling them where to go. So he's exactly. got a good idea of it. He's ahead of right. the game mentally. Though. So at your skill positions, you're not starting or you're not going with any rookies. You're going with guys that have been around. Deshaun is not a rookie. He's coming off a year in offseason in which he was healthy. So to me, there are a lot of arrows pointing in a, in a positive direction. I think when I read national pundits and they're talking about this team, they have, well, you know, it goes back to the offensive line. But I really don't think that there is a ton of respect given to this to this offense and, and what it can do. But we've seen what it can do. We, we saw it uh, against the Titans in 2017. We saw it last year in stretches. We saw it at Philadelphia when, when yeah. Deshaun kind of let loose. And he didn't even have all his weapons that no. day and had no running game that day. So And he had a hobbled DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. DeAndre Hopkins was it, it was up for debate whether he was gonna actually play in those he didn't last warm up two or that three game. games. Yeah. He wasn't on the field for warm ups. And I remember he was not in the well, not he was on the injury report, but he he was listed as questionable. But we had heard that he was going to play. And he's not out there for warm ups. I'm like, man, maybe he's maybe he's not. Maybe but we know Hop. I mean he's he's tough as nails and he's gonna get out there whenever he can. I mean he fought through I don't know how many injuries in that Colts game. I don't know how he made it, but the the point with the offense is if you get let's just say you get decent offensive line play. Let's just say you get that. You've got an opportunity, man, to do some really, really good things. And and I, I spent some time going back and watch I watched every every sack. I watched all sixty two sacks. And I kind of I charted them all, like what was it down at distance? What what kind of rush did they face? What kind of defense were they facing? What what was the re- what was the reason for the sack? And so I studied all sixty two and I just feel like there were probably twenty five to thirty sacks that could could be cleaned up with with experience, with a little bit uh more cohesive offensive line play, a little bit better offensive line play, a little quicker decisions, receivers getting in routes a little bit faster. You know, there are things that you can you can solve with all that I just mentioned that I think you're, you know, some of those, you, you know, Deshaun is third year, you know, knowing the offense, knowing, you know, reading NFL defenses. I mean, that, that in and of itself, getting a rep of doing that every single game. I mean, that's, that's really going to help him in year three. Um, receivers that are a little bit twitchier, they're quicker, they can get their routes. Will Fuller, I mean, how fast can he get across the field? You know, Kiki QT, how he can get his routes inside, which are just, uh, they're unbelievable to watch. I mean, the offseason, he was incredible. Um, you know, and then Hop does obviously what he does. So if you get protection and you get decisions made a little bit quicker, if you get the run game, you know, look, those are all ifs, but those are all things that they don't feel like ifs. It it feels like those things are going to get better. The key is the five guys up front, how quick can you come to a consensus on what those five should be and how many reps can you get them together so they can start working together. Because the other thing we didn't talk about too with the offensive line from last year is you started – with a five against New England. The next week you had a different five. Well, you started with a five against New England, then it, it changed right. in the second quarter. Right, it changed the second quarter. Drastically. So then week two has got to change. Week three was the same as week two, but then week four you changed again. Yep. And then a couple weeks later you went back to another offensive line set. And then in week seven you're missing Calamete, so you put Manson there. And obviously Greg's played a lot. so I mean, But it's still you had no continuity of the five guys up front. So – if you can keep those guys healthy, the continuity—I I, I go back to that word continuity because I think it's so valuable in football to have continuity. Mm-hmm. Now, there are times where continuity turns into it, it being stale, 
and you got to you know kind of zhuzh it up a little bit. But I think you got to get to that continuity first. And if you can get continuity with guys that have been in the lineup together, guys that have some experience, and then you put a couple of, of good rookie athletes like Titus Howard or Max Sharping on a line, one or both, at some point, and you feel like let them grow and get better, then you got an opportunity for this offense, for us to be having this conversation about the offense year in and year out for the next how many ever years. I can't wait, man. Yeah, Optimism abounds right here, and we will have much, much more as training camp starts on Thursday. We're going to have bonus in the labs sprinkled in throughout. And John, you and I are going to do this again very soon. Sound good? Absolutely.